Welcome to Sex Psychic Psychedelics. I'm Jane Garnett, a licensed psychotherapist, and I'm here to accelerate your personal growth. Because life is too short to not get turned on. Welcome, Nikki Trotsky. I'm so excited. I'm excited to, to be you. here. Hi. Hi, darling. So I want to kick off by saying I came to your class this morning. Mm-hmm. Your yoga class. Big quotes, big air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I went to yoga this morning <laughs> and on the way out, I went to the bathroom and I looked at my face in the mirror and I was like, you look like you just got laid. <gasps> to myself, I look like I just got laid after yoga, which after yoga, which has never happened before because normally I walk out of yoga if I ever go to yoga feeling kind of like you know depressed and sort of uh, I don't know I, I don't normally go to yoga for exactly that reason but this was amazing it was like oh she's working with sexual energy of some kind is that correct well I think there's life force energy so sexual energy creative energy life force energy and I think one of the things I said in class today is that the breath is a barometer to the depth of your experience. So the deeper we bring breath mm-hmm. into the body, the deeper our connections are on our path. So if we take time to really fully breathe, a lot of the d- directions in the yoga class were bring it down to your womb, bring it up the spine, fill in the back of your ribs, your lungs, your shoulders, your chest, your throat, take an extra step. So like it's just like packing the body with life force. And so not mm. only are we activating that life force energy, but we're growing younger because the body fuels itself with oxygen. We need oxygen to thrive. It's, you know, I can't say it again, but it's our life force. Yeah. That feeling of like, I just got laid is really you connecting to one your state of ease and in that natural state of ease is where we find that like orgasmic pleasure Mm. of just being alive yeah I got loose through yoga instead of I sort of like contained myself through yoga you know um so yeah some of the exercises you were doing were I felt about loosening up the sort of like shaking and bouncing and Things like that, yeah. Um, which I feel, yeah, we we women in Los Angeles could could use that. <laughs> you said something about grounding as well. Do you feel like you said LA women need grounding or something? You know what? I think the human collective needs grounding right now. Like, really, we are consuming so much information. So, if you think about the amount of data that we're intaking as a collective, just by scrolling through our phones, we don't have the evolutionary chip to process that information. So what's happening is that with the influx of data coming in, without a way to process it, the body reads it as a frenetic electricity. And we read that as anxiety. And we read that anxiety as mental health issues. So imagine how much useless information we're trying to digest and we don't have the pockets or the rivers in our body to absorb it. Mm, I love what you said. I think you said in the class... You're not anxious. You're just overloaded with information. Yeah, it was data so nice. overload. Yes. Yeah. So it's not just women in LA. It's everyone on the planet who has a smartphone has too much information coming in. So we need to ground it to get back into that state of calm. And grounding also connects us to our magnetic being. And that's when shit gets really sexy. Right. Okay. So for people who didn't have the privilege of going to your, and I want to talk about privilege, by the way, but for People who didn't have the privilege of going to your class this morning, who maybe aren't yogis, like 
give us some practical tips on how to do this. How to ground? Yeah. Sure. So one of the postures that we talked about that I really love is when you're on your back and your feet are in the sky and your arms are in the sky. So the back of your skull, the back of your shoulders, the back of your spine and your sacrum are all rooting down. And if you have a hard time keeping your legs up on your own, you can shimmy your ass up against a wall, put your legs up on the wall and let everything drop. So you can feel in that position, not only is the circulation of your body changing because the rivers start to flow down the mm. fingertips, down the arms and out the shoulders, out the back of the heart, out the back of the skull, down the legs, out the sacrum. It's almost like you can feel the excess draining out of the backside of your body. And one of the images I like to share in that position is imagine zeros and ones, like zeros and ones, streams of data literally falling out of the back of your skull, falling out of the back of your heart space, grounding out of your spine. And in that position, when we start to connect to the magnetic field of the earth, we start to connect to our human nature we also boost our circulation, ground our nervous systems, and we drop the excess data. Very simple. Another one would be the obvious one of taking off your shoes, getting your feet in the sand, getting your feet in the grass. I just came from Winnipeg. We can't do that in the middle of winter time. So you can imagine your feet in grass. A lot of what we can do energetically can be done through invitation and intention from ourselves to ourselves. So if you can't get your ass to a beautiful, warm, sunny island, lay in your bed, maybe put on some ocean music and take a moment to drop. Take a moment to collapse. Take a mm. moment to reset. That's what grounding is. Mm. Letting yourself hit the ground and mm -hmm. be on the ground. Exactly. Uh, hit the ground, yeah, because it was something about that pose that felt like death in a good way. It was just like mm. giving up, surrender being on your back, you know, I hadn't thought, oh, you can ground by being on your back. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that makes sense. It's almost like you're grounding through the spine. That's very cool. And I think even the magnetic through the back of the skull, because we tend to think the mind is up here. Like we can't really pinpoint where the mind is, but we associate it with the head. So the dropping through the back of the skull and that magnetic pull through the back of the skull, especially because we spend so much time mm. looking down at our phones, that act of just resting the back of the skull on the earth consciously, whether it's your pillow or the grass, it's a, it's a really beautiful way to start feeling this deeper connection to gravity. And it's like you can honestly start to feel things falling, like the excess data just dripping out of your skull. I love that. And also you were talking about this as well, this, you know, this terrible technique situation that we all have. And there's something about the lifting of the face, right? Even just, you know, standing, maybe putting down the phone and lifting, lifting mm -hmm. up our faces. It feels like, it feels grace, you know, it feels, it feels like a transition from the anxiety of looking mm -hmm. down at this kind of like world of incessant information to raising the gaze to the sky, to this beautiful really comparatively celestial mm. openness and that in itself was something I wanted to remember like remember to lift up your gaze remember to look at the sky and I know you know in in more sort of shamanic culture there are more instructions like this like move your eyes around mm. you know to shift your thoughts to shift those places where you're locked so I love this idea 
that we can make these adjustments and it affects our whole perception. You don't actually have to take a psychedelic all the time. It's true. And I think part of the eye gazing is what I've been doing a lot with my, my clients and friends is close your eyes and look with your mm. eyes closed. So that's the introduction to nothing. That's how we start reconnecting to the expansion and the curiosity and the openness and the relief and reprieve mm. of the nothing. So oftentimes we close our eyes and we drop into the mind and we watch it start spinning or we're just stuck in it. We're not even watching it. But when we close our eyes and look around with our eyes closed and give ourselves the opportunity to gaze into nothing, something happens. I guess it's never really nothing. Well, <laughs> that, the idea I mean, is, yes, it that is. you drop into an emptiness, into a spaciousness, into... Ideally, over time, right back to that original womb of creation. And it's the nothing where when we tap into it, when we find that space where we can shed all of our emotions, shed our thoughts, shed our humanity, and re-expand into that emptiness, into that nothingness, it's in that space where the anything is born. It's an amazing thing. I never thought I would be wanting to manifest less or lessness in fact it it was sort of my word of this year which is very odd because I'm filled with excitement and plans and dreams and hopes but 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 this word less suddenly became so erotic I mean is that just being a busy woman or is it something else the word less being erotic well I think it yeah I mean if we think about how much if we're going back to the amount of data that we're consuming there's no more room for more yeah, right. Right. We've tapped out at the more. And so how do we shift our perspective and lens to be more turned on by the less and more curious about the nothing? Mm. And I know nothing is very vague, but that's the beauty of it. And I, and I have this hilarious sentence that comes through when I'm in that nothing. And it's like, wow, nothing is really something. Mm. There's a lot of beauty in nothing. And no one's teaching us to look for it. We're always looking for something. We're always looking for someone, right? But if we start being curious about looking at nothing and resting in the nothingness, there's a re-expansion that happens there. Absolutely. I think, you know, the permission to stop trying. Oh, yeah. What is that about? I mean, why do we all try so much? I mean, you get to a certain stage in life where you're like, you sort of see the the cosmic joke in a way, but <laughs> still this trying, you know, still we're in this culture of, sure. of efforting. And I think some of it is, you know, comes from a beautiful place of just, you know, wanting to create. But some of it is just old cultural programming that you know it's lazy to stop or something a million percent so I think there's a difference between that desire to create that's different than this incessant doing and you're absolutely right I think it's like a program or a chip that we've been indoctrinated into with our society and the way we move and even just being in a very masculine dominated world it's like let's go let's hustle let's try no one's telling us to quit and that's one of my favorite things to tell people in my wellness experiences. It's like, okay, quit. Mm. Like give up, stop trying so hard. And I love more and more the do nothing method. And I'm going to tell you why. 
when we allow ourselves to do nothing, there's so much power in there because I think we're, we're in a culture right now that feels like something's broken and we feel like we have to fix ourselves and improve ourselves and try harder and take another course, read another book. And it's like, no, 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 no. What if, just for a moment, we took all of our energy back and did nothing? If we allowed our whole self to be present as we are. Mm. So instead of saying, well, I don't want to look at that side of me and that part of me is broken. And instead of being a house divided amongst ourselves, where we look around and everything's a project and we need to renovate that and we need to fix this hole in the wall. It's like, no, no, no. What if we just invite every single aspect of ourself, of our being, not our doing, every single aspect of our being back into the wholeness of our awareness and did nothing and allowed ourselves to sit with that for a moment, right? So instead of it being something broken, we go back into the fullness of, well, wait a minute. What if I signed up for all of this? What if humanity is about having all of the feelings, is about going through the grief, is about going through the shit show, is about feeling everything at some point? Why are we trying to negate what we signed up for? And to help people travel back into that, it's, it's a friendly reminder that perhaps, take it or leave it, but perhaps if we could remember that we signed up for a human experience, right? And when we signed up for that human experience, it came with every single emotion. It came with a warning label. <laughs> Being a human is a shit show. Enjoy. <laughs> right? right? Enjoy. In fact, uh, I was looking at your Instagram and it's this universal shit disturber. And I thought yes. that was so fun. You know, I love the, I don't know what that means, but I like the joy of that statement. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, it, it is that remembering. So through all of my psychedelic journeys, I've had the opportunity to travel all the way back to the seat of creation. And, you know, you get there through being really damn curious. And for the sake of this conversation, I'll call the seat of creation a her, a she, right? Okay. So when you sit with her long enough. You said enough, seat of creation seed, or seed? Seed. Okay. So for people who haven't taken psychedelics before, you can go on wild journeys to states like, what, the beginning of time or... The well, birth of creation. Or honestly, I, it, I, don't know. You, you, I could never tell anyone where they're going to go because yeah. I could do another journey and I could go somewhere completely mm, different. Sure. I never know what I'm signing up for mm -hmm. when I work with different plant medicines. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've worked with them because over time when you journey with medicines and psychedelics, for me, every single arrow that I've found, every single place that I've gone has pointed me back to my body. And my spirit's like, where the fuck do you think you're going? Get in your body. Mm. You signed up for a body. Why do you keep leaving your body? I'm a spirit that wants a human experience. Stop trying to be a human, having to tr tr have a spiritual experience. Okay, but I think you're lucky that the medicine told you that or you got that message because you must have seen this. There are tons of people, and I, I don't know, I'm just going straight to ayahuasca on this one, where people I feel are actually leaving more from taking that medicine that they're they're having these beautiful discoveries but they're sort of somehow self-otherizing from what's actually going on in this moment 
with people at large. So there are these kind of pockets of people who feel like they've seen the the light, but they're not, it's not integrating. They're not putting it into practice. Oh, yeah. Do you, you see need, what I mean? They're not coming course. back into their bodies. Of course. Because yeah. they don't have the guidance or, and or the understanding. And back to grounding. Yeah. Right? We need to ground and integrate our experiences. But let's go back to the seed, okay. right? Yeah. So if we sit with a seed long enough, and you don't need to take medicine to get there. I mean, different religions will take you there. Med- meditation practices can take you there. Curiosity, just plain, good old-fashioned mm. curiosity can take you as far as you want to go. Mm. So when we sit there, we have a moment where we realize, oh, shit, it's impossible for me to be separate from this seed. It's impossible. Ah, okay, so that makes me just a fractal or a tendril or a curiosity of creation herself. I just want to reflect something. I'm not going to go anywhere else. Please. It's impossible for me to be separate. It's impossible for me to be separate. A million percent. Impossible, right? So... When we access that lens of inseparability from the seed of creation, we can go along that storyline. It's like, okay, so let's go. Let's say the seed of creation at one point was sitting in the void, in the nothing. Maybe she got a little bored (laughs) and a desire was born. She didn't have a cell phone. Right? (laughs) (laughs) The desire to experience herself was born. So we, desire is not a four-letter word. Desire is the fuel for all of creation. None of us would exist here without desire. So through her desire to experience herself, let's say the first thing she created was light, and then it was universes, and then it was galaxies, and then it was planets, and then it was gravity, and then it was form, and then she decided at some point this beautiful human experience would have its own consciousness. So... If you're a part of that original seed, or if you're a part of the void, and someone came up to you and said, hey, you want to drop into a body for a minute and forget your eternal? Most of us are going to say, fucking (laughs) sign me up. Yeah, let's go. Let's forget for a minute that we're eternal. And let's have an opportunity to experience ourselves as consciousness. Like if we really think about the technology of our bodies and what this is capable of, we can not only experience ourselves as consciousness, as creation herself, we can express ourselves, we can enjoy ourselves, and we can evolve as creation. So it's not about human evolution. The human technology has been designed by creation for her to evolve through us. Does that make sense? So all we're really doing here in this human experience is expanding the lens of our awareness back to that original seed, back to the expansiveness of our consciousness, right? So when we're in this human form, we're not stuck, we're not trapped, we're not living just through the pinhole of our mind and this ridiculous emotional mess of our heart and the pains of our physical body. We remember this is the technology, This is the cosmic lottery. This is the fucking jackpot. Being a human is a jackpot. And now being a human at this point in history, this is what I believe, is really a blessing because we are privileged enough to be born at a point in human history where we are remembering. So we signed up to forget. 
And now we're all a part of history where we're being called to remember. And that's exciting. It feels like that. It does feel like a great remembering. So, yeah, I think if I'm hearing you right, there's a lot about consciousness. Okay, (laughs) I think that the consciousness is experiencing herself through us. So in a way, it's like, although we are never separate, it's also not that much about us, right? It's not like so much about Jane or Nikki or whatever. We're just like little fractals of consciousness having fun with herself. Yeah, we're her playthings. One thing you said, I want to go back to you, said something like the ridiculous mess of the heart. And I was like, oh, is it? Is it? Is it a ridiculous mess, the heart? Well, from the lens of your spirit or consciousness Mm. or creation, whatever word you're comfortable with, the heart is this beautiful, like beautiful, sacred human experience. I think the human experience is the densest form of consciousness in all of the universes. Like you could come back as a tree, an alien, a flower, whatever. But if you landed in a human jackpot, that means you get to have a heart. So from the lens of your spirit, spirit, when you're going through those really intense emotions, like when you're in the grief pocket, when you're in feeling the abandonment and the loneliness and the loss and the despair, from the lens of your spirit, she's like, oof, how deep does this go? Like, can it go deeper? Can I feel more? All of the emotions are biofeedback for her evolution. So instead of feeling trapped or like you've done something wrong or like you're being punished or you're, you know, you don't want to be where you are, it's Mm -hmm. a remembering that every single emotion that we have is a gift. It's expansion, not brokenness. Exactly. Exactly. It's all a gift. Okay. So the ridiculous mess of the heart is an expansion of expression yeah i think it's an expansion of consciousness of consciousness right yeah 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 okay i'm gonna go with that nikki okay (laughs) (laughs) i I feel like the heart is actually the part that i'm most curious about because i think it's i don't know it just seems so mysterious and so expansive I, i don't know i feel like it's my path and i feel like it's just a whacking great mystery personally you know I shared this hilarious story today and I'll share it with you quickly but I went went through like a classic broken heart right completely had my heart shattered and because I've already been living through my consciousness for a long time it's really comical when you start to go through your human grieving as a woman with a broken heart but you're completely and utterly consciously aware of your experience so it creates this paradox or this like this sort of split where my higher self or my whole self or Mm -hmm. my conscious self is like oh okay so you're gonna wallow in this I think we've got all the data we need by now and then my human self my female self was like give me a minute like you put me in a human body Mm -hmm. you put me in a woman's body let me feel this like let me smoke my cigarettes and put on the classic love songs and just wallow in this self-pity and and then I was like remember lying on my floor in the midst of it like weeks after doing this (laughs) and asking myself like why do I want to wallow like what part of me Mm -hmm. wants to simmer in this and wallow in this and feel it so deeply and I sit still and I was lying there and you know asking the question I'm like what am I getting out of this and I would peel back that onion all the way down to like oh there's pleasure here there is a deep pleasure in how fucking alive I am through this broken heart Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna milk that 
for another minute. Absolutely. I mean, you're getting to something very sort of nectary there. I mean, think of how many beautiful songs have come out of broken hearts and great sure. literature. And I mean, you name it, so many works of art, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something something very juicy there. Juicy. <laughs> juicy. Yeah. And hearts. I think it's not until we allow ourselves to feel that completely yeah. that we can actually go back into the expansion of like, okay, I, I, I followed that all the way to the end. I think it's with all of our desires, all of our untapped, unconscious desires, all of our sexual fantasies that are so taboo. When we allow ourselves to actually go there mm. and feel it, even if it's just in a masturbation or a fantasy or whatever, instead of shunning and closing those doors and being like, er, can't go there, er, don't look at that. Well, what do you think's happening? Bang, bang, bang. The door of your unconsciousness is just going to keep knocking down until you let yourself go there. It's almost like we need to travel to every boundary of our curiosity to come back to that center point and be like, okay. Agreed. I feel like it's, yeah, these kind of travels... Uh, like treasure hunts, you know, mm. and at the end of each of each hunt, you're you're bringing home some energy. And I think that particularly about fantasy, like you say, I, I don't think you need to. You have to play out every fantasy that you have. Could take a long time in my case, but <laughs> <laughs> that said, uh, I do think that fantasies are treasure troves of energy that is that is ours. Really, it's ours for the taking. If it's our fantasy, then there's a repository of energy there and to get conscious about your fantasy if you can move through those gateways of whatever guilt or shame or whatever it is that you mm -hmm. think that you know um is a reason to not share it with even with yourself fully yes. bingo right so if you can share your fantasy at least with yourself and say wow this thing really turns me on and mm -hmm. allow that to be sacred even though in another context it might feel fucked up or wrong this is you and your relationship with you and your energy playing out a little movie through which you can then retrieve your energy and what metabolize it enjoy it i don't know sure well i mean it's like bring it into the fold of your consciousness i mean yeah. what part of consciousness and curiosity wouldn't want to go to those edgy places like if we're here just collecting data for the seed of creation, why is anything off limits? <laughs> <laughs> why does anything have to be good or bad? I mean, I think our shame is just pointing us into a direction where we should be looking and exploring. Okay, well, I think this is a perfect segue, actually, because I'm into privilege because there are many times I just think, wow, what a privilege that we can sit here a million percent having this fucking conversation about consciousness mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty absurd no i agree yeah i think if you're <laughs> if you're not um, so privilege is really important to mention because there's so many of us who are wasting our privilege i really think that yeah i'm going to slow down with that there are so many of us i'm waving my little sushi pen there are so many of us who are wasting our privilege Right? right. So if right. we know where our food is coming from, if we know where our water source is, if we have a roof over our heads, if we, you know, are not standing in line for bread, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility and a duty to start accessing wider lens of consciousness to help shift the trajectory of humanity to the timeline that we want to see unfold. So let me say that in another way. Yeah, that's quite big. Like, that's a lot to digest. It's a okay. lot to digest. So... 
as a privileged person, if you're focused on, and this is, again, there is no good and there is no bad in the sense that if you want to go there and, and, and wallow in the darkness and get stuck in the fear, that's your prerogative. That's your, you're allowed to do that. I'm not telling you not to do that, but we need to think of what we can do as privileged people to help shift the balance back into the frequencies and the energies of joy, the energies of, you know, protecting the innocent, bringing magic back to life. We need to anchor the light to help the balance of the collective even itself out. Because if we're in a space of privilege and all of our attention and all of our focus is going into the media and going into the fear, then the entire scales of humanity are dripping into that direction. Who's holding down the light? Yes, I completely agree with you. And I think that where we're getting stuck, where many privileged people are getting stuck is by, um, you could say through a self-love deficit. And it is a paradox, obviously, because it feels like, you know, loving yourself might feel even more privileged and even more selfish. But I feel like it's the only way to ultimately get over yourself and beyond yourself is to just really get on your own side however you can sure. whatever that means sure. you know and i think part of that you know we're not taught there's so many things that we're not taught and i think for the majority people are good and we're taught from a very young age how to give but who's teaching us how to receive that's a big one no one's teaching us how to receive and I think we can solve a lot of the world crisis by learning how to receive, not only receive the love of our family, the love of our partners, the love of ourselves, but the love of creation herself. Okay, so let's let's break this down. What's a very easy way to practice receiving? Softening. Okay, how do we do that? Okay, so if you want, you could lay down in your bed and you could close your eyes and you can start breathing into certain parts of your body that feel resistance. So if we want to talk inner alchemy, we need three things, okay? We need a container, we need a substance to be transmuted, and we need the energy to perform the transaction. That's general alchemy. But in inner alchemy, the container is your awareness. So imagine you're laying in bed and you're feeling resistance to life. You're feeling resistance to an emotion, resistance to, let's just stop at resistance. Yeah, I was going to say. There's so many reasons to feel yeah, resistance, exactly. okay? Yeah. So you go into the deepest discomfort in your body. You find it physically. You stay out of the story. You don't need to dive into the story. You're going to feel it. And then you hold those muscles, those tissues, those joints, whatever it is, whatever part of your body. Maybe it's your physical heart. Maybe it's your gut. Whatever it is, you go there and you wrap the container of your awareness around this part of your body and you don't look away and you use the energy of your breath okay, to expand the resistance. So you breathe in, you look at it, you breathe in, you breathe in, you breathe in, you breathe in, you hold it, you look at the expansion because you're still not looking away, and then you watch the magic of your exhale. And every time you exhale, you are going to soften a little bit of your resistance. We can do this with great patience, and it takes time. You know, I know that for me, when I've gone through periods of intense grief, this is my practice. And the more I soften, the more I can receive my own compassion. I was going to say it uh, sounds like receiving your own experience. But yeah, I guess compassion would be part of that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We have to be really, really soft with ourselves, especially when things are hard. And so if I can learn how to receive my own medicine through my breath, through my awareness, through my intention, through my invitation, Mm -hmm. now I'm opening myself up to receive the medicines, wisdoms, teaching, and technologies that creation wants to bring me, that my spirit wants to bring me, that's always available to us in every single moment. I had a vision once where it was like these beautiful starlight. It was just pure stars hovering over humanity who was sleeping, just saying like, we're here, (laughs) let us in, but no one knows how to receive. Mm. right and it's really just a matter of maybe also part of that receiving is beginning a conversation with yourself to your spirit hi I don't know who you are I don't know where you are I don't know what I'm doing but I'm open I am open to receive send me a sign send me a message am I on the right track ask for signs and start to pray all fucking day My life has turned into a living prayer and I am living inside of my prayers. I am honestly inside of my dream life because I have been so diligent at doing what I want to do without anyone stopping me. And, And I say that it sounds a little forceful the way I said that, but it really has been my impetus, I guess, to keep creating the life that I want to create for myself, regardless of what anyone else has told me, uh, regardless of whatever obstacles have been in my way. And it's also softening through a lot of the grief, right? So I think grief can freeze us, but if we can keep softening through our grief, And we can keep softening through our own resistance and our own programming and our own doubt and our own fear and the voices of our parents and the voices of society. And we keep softening and we keep piercing through that. Eventually, you're going to pierce through the other side and you know where you're going to be. You're going to be on the leading edge of your own evolution. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the leading edge of your own evolution, there is nothing in front of you. Okay, and that's I have when to, it gets exciting. Yeah, I mean, I have to now switch to a kind of different <laughs> perspective on this because for for the listener, I, I want to give you some information because Nikki is saying some lofty things and you can hear her, you know, her integrity and her truth in her voice. But I, I want to give you another picture also, which is how I met Nikki, which is at a friend's uh birthday sort of extravaganza very very beautiful party in Carrez, Mexico and this party was filled with beautiful switched on people dancing having fun I mean it was a dream the whole thing and within this dream there was another dream and the dream was Nikki and and if it sounds like I fell in love with her well I kind of did (laughs) because I'm all about people living their dreams and I could see that that that's what you're really doing Nikki and it was so beautiful and so impressive and, and the way that you were sharing joy with everyone you were so ceremonial and you were always wearing a, some beautiful outfit and and you were always emitting this very high vibration with zero zero mania attached like for me when I get really excited at a party and I share fun it's kind of like nuts and manic and and when I so you in that state, it was just fucking flow. And I'm like, yes, this is <laughs> this is someone I can learn from. This is great news. Um, mm. so so you are, I can see you're modeling it. You know, you're you're walking your own walk. And I mean, yeah, if you have any other tips of how to do that, I mean, how did you because it can't have always been like that for you. 
Were you always so sort of like at home inside yourself? Mm. No, I mean, absolutely not. I think that it would be ridiculous if I said that was true. Um, I think I've always been really curious. And I think that my curiosity has taken me farther than any other mindset. So allowing myself to, I've taken a lot of risks, right? And like I said, I, I've created this life for myself where I genuinely sometimes look over my shoulder. I'm still waiting for someone to say to me, you can't have all that. I'll be like, I didn't know. I didn't know. I just kept doing whatever I wanted to until someone stopped me. But it takes a lot of courage to get to the leading edge of your own evolution. And I've definitely had moments in my life where my grief and my despair have been so intense that using that inner alchemy process, melting my life down to the ground, you know, losing my body, losing my heart, being stomped on by humanity, like through just everything that I felt. I feel like, you know, I maybe we've all been there where you think you're at the bottom and then something comes along and steps on you. <laughs> like, Wait, like, oh. there's more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you yeah. get ground yeah. so deeply. Yeah. And I think every queen, when she gets into the muck, the real muck, and she can still sit there like she's on a throne and be like, oof, okay, my time to bloom will return, mm. but I'm okay being in the muck mm. and I don't have to change this and I can sit with this. And it's like being in your body in those places, that's the invitation. How can we sit and do nothing when shit hits the fan? How can we sit mm. and embody our own love when we're really in the pits of our own despair. And I think that's the place where I realize that no one can abandon me. I can abandon myself, but if I can find myself in that pit, then everything comes back into wholeness. Mm, I love that. And actually, when I went to your class this morning, I realized how much I needed it. And you know, I, as I told you, I've been rushing around like a headless chicken this January. And I thought, how odd that I haven't been able to sort of provide this for myself. How, you know, I mean, I could have gone to a class, but I didn't, right? I came to your class because it was you. And I was like, oh, I had that classic reaction that so many women have. Oh, I didn't know I needed this so much. And um, so, but it was a good reminder, you know, that this this is a... a something I need to cultivate is those spaces in my life where it's not just like, you know, dive under the covers and put on Netflix, but like conscious, quiet spaces, you know, ritualized by something simple like lighting a candle, you know, and saying mm. for the next, you know, maybe the next 30 minutes, I'm going to soften or, you know, be kind sure. with every thought, not like trying to grow my meditation practice or trying to grow uh, my fucking spirituality or I trying. I don't meditate. <laughs> I really don't. I, uh, I have no uh, interest uh. in meditation. I mean, I've sat Vipassana courses. Mm. I've done three of those. Mm. They're, you know, you sit for 11 hours a day. You take a 10-day vow of silence. You know, I've been through a few of those. And mm. <clears throat> I'm too interested to, in being alive yeah. to sit still for too long. But I genuinely love if, you know, I have the privilege in the middle of the afternoon to go into my bedroom and close the blinds and close the door and lie on my bed, maybe naked, maybe not, and just lay, mm. you know, like consciously lay and let everything be revealed to me and not need to change my thoughts, 
clarify my thoughts. Oh, there's that thought about oatmeal. Oh, there's that thought about death. Wow, they look the same all of a sudden. Ah, there's that emotion that I have. And it's like you just hold space with grace for your own self to be as you are. That's the do nothing method. Mm. It's not meditating. It's a form of meditation, sure. But it's more of a, you could call it a pleasure practice maybe because there is great pleasure in resting. I would call it setting yourself free, cutting yourself loose, just, you know, letting go of all of those mm-hmm. fucking balloons or whatever it sure. is that we're sure. holding. You know? Right? And yeah. there's a great disruption that happens when we allow ourselves to just be. We're not human doings, we're human beings, mm. right? So the more we allow ourselves to settle back into that being, the more we're aligning. And then the more we align, the less effort is required of us. So there's a lot of talk about manifestation, which is fun and it's great. It's very masculine to me. Manifestation is very masculine. I'm like, no, 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 ladies. (laughs) Yeah, tell tell us how do we, because I'm all about reframing manifestation. Are you all about the attraction? I'm more about like, there's manifestation, which is legitimate. And it's a beautiful thing when we discover as privileged people that we have free will to create whatever reality we want, that's real. We're, we're the holograms of creation herself, remember? So we get to create whatever we want, and the only person standing in our, our way is ourselves, and that's our human connecting to free will. We also have divine will, mm. and that's when we drop into this really powerful magnetic state. And the magnetic will is when we're in that crystal clear alignment with our divine origins and our destiny. And our destiny is kind of like a signature or a contract that we made with ourselves before we poured into this temporary human form. And so it is absolutely the most natural thing in the world for your destiny to unfold with zero effort. Zero. But we cannot access that divine will until we rest in our being and receive it. We have to do some things. I mean, you and I had to meet each other today to have this conversation. Sure, but the the way that we met and the mm. way that all of this unfolded was through pure pleasure. No question about it. It was at it. a party, right? <laughs> Everything pleasure, yeah, has yeah. been. So it's yeah. not. So there are steps that, that there are action steps to. Mm reach not to reach but to follow through on your destiny but the opportunities Mm. this is i'm going to say this really clearly please know that when you're in alignment with your divine will you are the opportunity end of story you become the opportunity so everything that is yours will come to you Mm. so it's not like you're on your path. It's more like the divine river is flowing through you. You're on your throne. <laughs> You're on, you on your throne. And You're as just a woman. dripping on your throne. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Drip. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it though. And okay. I think for yeah. women, that's really important because we are not meant to hustle. Mm. The honey doesn't chase the bee. Right? So the honeypot gets to sit on her throne with her tall spine. And whether your throne is in the mud or whether your throne is in the sunshine, you're still on your goddamn throne. I kind of like a bit of hustle. 
you can like the hustle. That that's again. I, mean, I like a bit of throat, a little bit of hustle, great. a bit of this, and bit that's, of that. You get yeah. to like whatever you get to like. Yeah. We just have to remember that there's not really. I think we need less good and bad. Yeah. And more of like, what do I want? And not needing to justify what we want. You don't need a reason to like the hustle. Yeah. I like the hustle. Boom. Great. You don't even need to justify that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a shoulder shrug or something. Maybe. A Maybe like a little feline, like, a you wink. know. <laughs> <laughs> wink and a nudge. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Nikki, I'm so excited for our future adventures. Yes. Um, I know there'll be more more unfoldings and hopefully more dancing. Yes. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to share with us? Any great wishes for the future or um, anything else? You know, I was thinking the other day, I had a very high profile client in La Copa del Sol where I host sound healings. And I was like, okay, so I have a one opportunity to maybe impart a message on someone who holds a lot of power on the planet. What is that message? And it's not me, right? So I tap into, you know, okay, guys, here we go. You've aligned me with this opportunity. What's the message? What do you want me to say? And the thing that came through really clearly was, and I think I've already touched on it, but it's nice to go back there, is when we're privileged enough to make it all the way to the leading edge of evolution, right, where you're standing on that edge and there's nothing in front of you, sometimes we need to recalibrate and ground back into a space where we just listen. So before we start creating the next thing, we need as as humanity, as conscious right now, consciousness right now, to stand on that leading edge, ground down really deeply, and listen. Because whatever creation is calling into existence right now, we're not going to hear it. If we're not still, and if we're not open to receive it, and if we're not taking the time to listen. And I think if we really want humanity to thrive, we need to say yes to creation. What does that mean, saying yes to creation? It means in every moment, instead of turning the lens of consciousness and humanity to trying to rip something down and destroy something, mm. right? Let's tear this down. Let's put our fist up and take this down. Sometimes that's valid and important. But as a collective, we need to keep saying yes to creation, yes to creation, yes to creation. So whether that creation for you looks like growing a garden this year, whether yes to creation means... Uh, having deciding to start a family or doing some artwork. There's so many ways, but creation wants to be alive. She wants to thrive. So when I go back to that original seed of creation, if she's down here looking at this human experience and sees half of us mostly sleepwalking, not really interested in being fully alive, uh, choosing destruction, what reason would she have to continue this experiment? Right? So we need to say yes to creation so we get to continue this human project. And I think one of the things that I keep hearing is how alive can you take it? Like how alive can you take it when you're in your grief, when shit hits a fan, how alive can you take it? How can you keep your eyes open and feel it all and allow it all and continue in that moment to say yes to creation? Oh, Nikki, you are the most beautiful validation of creation. I say yes to creation with you. And 
thank you for sharing your vitality. It's really mm. a wonderful gift and it's such a pleasure to have you. This has been super fun. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So we're still rolling, but whatever we've... I- <laughs> <laughs> fun awesome fun you're concept. really good at this thank you baby it's you're really re- good really yeah thank you thank you this That's is the first question. time I, mean, I normally don't do in person but i'm gonna start it's so much nicer it's more exciting yeah well you can it's feel the creation. energy yeah. yeah there's more creation cool yes. yay and our outfits i was like should we discuss them or will they just be perfect? <laughs> somehow they were perfect together, don't you think? The yeah. multicolored and the black and white. Super fun. Like, amazing. Yeah, I almost wore all white and then I was like, no. I know, I thought you might wear all white, That's actually. Funny. Yeah, I did have that thought. I was like, will she be wearing all white or will I she be wearing did, something super colorful? It was too cool. It was yeah, like, the I know, that's I what I was thinking. Was like a little cooler. So I was like, no, let's put yeah, this on. Yeah, and I also almost wore, I have like a really great white shirt, but I was like, it's a little too cool. Funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we did it. All right. I'm going to call in. We can call in your boy. Oh, and right. I'm, I don't dare press any buttons. Right. We just Seems to be a hit, so that's great. As long as it was recording.